Yo, 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 welcome back everyone to the Anything and Everything podcast, where today we're going over another episode of The Mandalorian, episode number 19, or in this case, episode 3 now, of season 3. Across the table, you guys know what it is, got my co-host here today with me, Tim. How we doing, man? Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you guys hear this, it'll be Monday, but right now it's Wednesday, uh, halfway through the work week, uh... Get to shoot another episode here with uh, my, my best bud. Yeah. And we get to talk about chapter 19. A very conf- um, different different chapter, I would say. We have a little bit of Mando and Bo-Katan. And we have a little bit of evil Empire Doctor and communications yeah. officer. Very and, uh, odd. A uh, view into what... Modern society is for former empire, mm-hmm. um, and we get to see what reintroducing yourself to being a Mandalorian does. Yeah, uh, by accident. Yeah, by accident. Definitely by accident. Um, so episode uh, starts out with the normal recap, uh, and then we jump into right where we left off. Uh, they're sitting on the steps of the Living Waters. And they're kind of both just looking out. Well, uh, Din was knocked out. Yeah, so Din he was wakes up. Grogu's just like kind of like stroking his helmet like, hey, buddy, you good? Right. Uh, Bo is kind of stunned, staring into the water, wondering, will the Mythosaur uh, chase them out? And uh, yeah, man, it's an uh, interesting start to the episode. And finally, Din does obviously awake or rise from his nice little nap. Nappy nap, and um, she guess, starts to ask. Yeah, him, I guess Bogotan asked asked him a couple questions, like, "Hey, you know, what'd you see? Is anything alive? Yeah, you know, how was kinda, your how was your mind experience?" And he kind of just brushes it off, like, "Oh no, I didn't see anything. There was nothing and down there." But nothing, she yes. definitely saw it. Yeah, and um, kind of fast forwarding to the end here, I think this is why. Uh, I think that her seeing the mythosaur is kind of the reason why. She for the rest of the episode does not remove her helmet. Yep, and she she acts very different in this episode than the way we normally know Bo-Katan in the previous. Yeah, she video. would rip her helmet off about seventeen times already. Yeah, I mean, usually as soon as she gets into her ship, that helmet comes off. Whenever she's talking to somebody, the helmet comes off. It's barely ever on unless she's like in combat or on the move. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the helmet was stayed on the whole episode, and according to the armor master, um, oh, the armor smith, the, the armor, the armor, yeah, um. She has bathed in the waters, and she has not removed her helmet. Therefore, she is redeemed, as well as Din. And she can uh, walk the way. She can walk the way of the Mandalore. Uh, this is the way. So, super excited to see what comes of that. And you can kind of see towards the end of the episode, you know, because uh, we're going to talk about all of Bo-Katan and Din before we go to the mid part of the episode. Um, but Bo-Katan kind of... You can't see her face, but you can read her helmet. Yeah, you can and read the way she, she tilts her head, and and she's kind of like she's kind of loving this. Yeah, she. I think she sees it as a way for her to regain the support of her people, to continue her conquests and re- kind of reset on her life. Like her entire life fell apart. Her people left her. Her home was destroyed. Her home was destroyed. Bombing run on, like, earlier on in this episode, everything, dude. It was. It was lost the dark saber. Yeah, I mean she. She was. You know, apparently the reason that the entire 
Mandalorian society fell apart. So, you know, for her, this is a good way to to be redeemed and restart and reset her life with hopefully a new beginning. Yeah, and I mean, Din obviously very happy. You know, brought proof for the living waters in a can, that little capsule. Um, that one Mandalorian is uh, jacked as shit. Yeah, dude, the guy's fucking ripped. Yeah, the, the guy that, that that goes who goes there is just like a six foot nine. 600-pound monster. With a fucking monster jetpack on his that back. That jetpack was ridiculous. Dude, it was sick. It was, like, it was no nice. Uh, but jumping back to the beginning of the episode where we were talking, um, they get into their ships, and they, they leave the living waters. And they um, they get into space. They start flying or whatever, and they're in Bo's ship. And they uh, you know, are ready to set course for their home. Uh, which isn't too far away. It's one of the moons of Mandalore, I believe. So it's not yeah. too far. Yeah, it was the... uh, maybe like a quick like 10-minute, 15-minute flight. Yeah, so there was no reason for hyperspace or anything like that. Uh, they were just kind of cruising through. And uh, then some TIEs show up on their radar, some TIE yeah, interceptors. by some TIE interceptors, which are the more advanced fighter version of the uh, TIE program. Um, more maneuverable than the TIE fighter, more firepower. So... Uh, definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, so these these six tie interceptors are dodging through the caverns, well, dodging through space, trying to take down Bo-Katan. And uh, Bo-Katan does a really good job of kind of just steering them off. I mean, you're, you're holding off six of the most aggressive fighters right now known to man, because uh, the X-wing at this point is kind of outdated. Uh yeah, I think they've switched. Well, no, they're still using the X-wing at this point. Yeah, the X-wing is still kind of outdated, but. A tie interceptor didn't come in until late in the war, and yeah. that's probably one of the more advanced fighters, one more advanced technologies available. Yeah. Um, but uh, Din hops on the tail gun, knocks down one of the one of the tie fighters. Pretty cool little sequence there. They get through space. They re-enter the atmosphere of uh, Bo-Katan's um, home base right yep. now, and Din just <laughs> jumps out of the back of the ship. Yeah, dude. And at first, I was like, "Wait, he, they're just gonna like drop him on the platform, and he's wearing best guard, so he's just gonna like tumble roll." You know, I'm thinking they're going to give him kind of the, like the invincibility thing, kind of like you give most superheroes. Um, and one big, that's one big critique that uh, like Iron Man has gotten and a lot of Marvel movies is that they don't care at all for the the physics of it, like the actual physics of him like dropping out of the tower in Avengers 1 and, you know, just like getting a suit and just like blasting off straight back up. Um, whereas in this, um, you know, it, it, it shows that physics kind of apply in, in the Star Wars universe when he... Hits that jetpack, he hits the ground, and he still tumbles. He's, tum- and rolls. Yeah, he's, tum- he's tumbling. Yeah, he's not. He he didn't land. Pretty. Wasn't graceful at all. And then a rogue interceptor comes in and tries to clean up Din, knock out his ship too fast. But <laughs> that ship's just too fast. The N one man. Um, Bo-Katan kind of is weaving in between the mountains, and yeah, uh, Mando Buying Din time. Din kind of comes just comes in and cleans the squad up. Uh, while they're off in the distance, getting chased by these interceptors. Three Thai bombers come through, do a strafing run, and just absolutely massacre her home. Yeah, and uh, I mean, dude, they they blew that shit up, and that whole sequence was shown in the trailer. Um, obviously, didn't know when it was going to show up in the show, but great action here to start the episode. You know, really gets us like engaged into what's going to happen next. Uh, also, when they're up in space before they re-enter the atmosphere, Grogu, um, Bo, and, and uh. Well, Bo actually invites him back for dinner, but 
Yeah, Before little, they get attacked, a little, a little grill and chill. Yeah, invites him back to dinner for maybe some some Netflix and you know, uh, but sh- uh, do they, they do they do it with the helmets on? I don't know, dude. They ha- right? Like you you think that right? Because like at least at least the way at least listen at least the people who follow the way do. Bo probably don't. Like Bo probably gets down the, in there. The armor just comes off. You know, the helmet stays on. For for Din probably, but for Bo, I think it all comes off. It's like the fuzzy slippers, they stay on. Yeah. yeah, just like the helmet. Yeah. Um. So then they, you know, they exchange, and she says, "But I assume you're not going to take your helmet off now, since you've been redeemed." And he goes, "Uh, this is the way." She then goes, "This is the way." You know, kind of showing, foreshadowing a little bit. And then Grogu gives a little, "I'm not, nah, 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 a little, a little yeah, speak." There, there was four syllables there. Yeah, definitely four syllables. Uh, so we think he might be on the verge of talking here. I think so. That would be so interesting. I have two guesses for what that was. That could either him. Like actually talking, like it could just be like this is the way him his like if that's not his first four words or some version of dad, th- I don't want it. If that if like listen if if either dad kind of like how like uh, in Avengers Infinity War when Groot you know is dying and he says dad to when they translate you know when his I am Groot is actually dad uh, when he's talking to Rocket, but if they don't give me some version of that. Or this is the way from Grogu as his first words. I really don't want to hear it. I just don't. But um, it was either him talking or sensing the force, like sensing the Tie Fighters attacking them through the Force, which I think would be a really cool because, like, obviously he's not currently actively practicing in the Force, at least that we know of. So, you know, I think he's kind of just living and you know using the advantages of his fifty-year-old self with the Force. But we do know that his species is generally has higher midichlorian count. Uh, more in tune with the force. Yeah. So yeah, they definitely um, not not necessarily always a higher midichlorian count, but we only but know it, of two so far, except for him, and they've both been significantly high, highly powerful. Exactly. So you're kind of leaning more towards the fact that yeah, his species it's probably is very high, highly in tune with the force. Yeah, and I actually saw a video recently that was kind of talking about Yoda's origins, uh, and they actually think that maybe Ilum. Which would eventually become Starkiller Base, uh, is actually the home world of their species. Which I think would be really cool because that's where Kyber crystals grow and, well, I guess grow, sprout, crystallize. I don't, I don't know how they come about. I don't know how you get crystals like that. But um, so they're thinking that maybe if that species is naturally born there, that they are have a higher inclination to the Force, and they're more Force sensitive because of it. Until it's blown up in twenty years. Yeah, until it gets blown up, which. If that's the case, then that means Grogu would be the last of his kind. Unless there's another Yaddle out there. I mean, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's some non force users out there or yeah. e- even more so. But um just because I'm a fan, I'm gonna lean more towards uh Grogu is saying this is the way. I, I do. I like that. Um, yeah. Rather than he's becoming he's gonna be more of a Mandalorian than a Jedi. I think that this season he's gonna be. They're gonna show like how he's like Mandalorian, and then we're gonna somehow get because Ahsoka comes out at the end of this year or towards the end of this year. So they're gonna reintroduce Ezra and Thrawn, and if if the the trajectory of the show is Moff Gideon's working for Thrawn, then you know the the obvious arc is Ahsoka and Ezra and Kanan and or not Kanan, Kanan's dead now, but uh, Sabine Wren who was a Mandalorian. And uh, Jason, the hell's uh, Derulo? No, not Derulo. 
Uh, God, Jason. What was his, what is their last name? Uh, Kanan Jarus. So so Jason. He's actually no. It was Caleb Doom. So Jason Doom, I guess it would be, or Sundula. Um, they would end up, you know, kind of connecting with Mandalorian and with Din, I should say, and with Bo-Katan, kind of forcing, uh, putting themselves against probably uh, that girl. We'll get to that. Putting uh, them against Moff Gideon and Thrawn and all those for season four, which might lead, you know, Ahsoka and Ezra to train Grogu in the Force. Um, kind of opposite of the way that Luke was trying to train in the Force, because Luke was trained or was trying to train Grogu the way that the Republic was training Jedi, which was like it's either this or this; it can't be both. Whereas Ezra and Ahsoka are kind of both like that doesn't necessarily always work. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to kind of break those rules and to train them in a different way than the traditional like. This is, you have to be a Jedi and you can't love and you can't anything because Ezra obviously loved his family and sacrificed himself for the good of his family and so that he could all survive. Uh, but I think that this season, we'll, fo- we'll see his Mandalorian roots with Bo-Katan and all that. And then in the next season, season four, we'll see kind of some of his Jedi roots and then it'll eventually build to him becoming the second ever Mandalorian Jedi, which obviously we want. Everyone wants it. Yeah, of course. Using the Darksaber... I mean, the first ever saber. That would be fantastic. That would be a great storyline to tell. I think they're building towards it. Um, but they're introducing more cultures and more Mandalorians. Yeah. and um, Which we love. I mean, there's nothing that says Mandalore doesn't get rebuilt. Yeah, no. So, c- so because they basically, because Disney has chopped off basically all of Legends, there's nothing that, there's there's no boundary anymore. So they, they they've opened themselves up to the possibility of it. Even though it severed some things that we wanted to see, um, but it, it does open the possibility. They to only rebuild. severed some things we want to see because they massacred the sequel trilogy. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. So they they cut off the legends, and so it kind of cuts off some of the storylines that were th- that might. I don't know if they were. They might not be. But any storylines that might have been there with the Mandalorians is now cut off because of it. Yeah, so, it's uh, kind, of, kind of unfortunate. But, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, but. Real fast, let's dive into this. The Bo and Din love story, dude. Is it there? Um, I mean, obviously, I think I think one party wants it, and one party's kind of indifferent to it. Here's the thing. I don't think Din truly understands what love is. I don't think he ever had it because he's been he's so in tune with, you know, bounty hunting and the way of the Mandalore. But but, but he does love Groku. I mean, you can't deny he doesn't like. I it's it could be just a fatherly love, but. He loves. Grogu. Oh, it's definitely a father love, hundred um, percent. I think. I think what happens here is is that Bo-Katan follows the way of the Mandalore, which will lead her to releading the clans. And then I think, unfor- I think through that, through her staying with the way of the Mandalore, Din will fall for her that way because that's what he wants. He wants some. He wants to be a Mandalorian. Yeah. So bad. And he would want. Well, it's because it's all he really knows. I think too. He would want to have somebody who follows that same path. Yeah. That's why I thought him and the armor were in gonna, season yeah, one were kind of yeah. like a thing. And I was like, oh, never mind. She's dead. Oh wait, season two, she's back. Never yeah. mind. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and he he definitely goes out of his way to please her. Who the, the armor? The armor. Yeah. Well, I think the armor is kind of the leader of that like that clan. That would make sense. That's but, what it seems like to me. Because like they but, all like kind of listen to her. She says that that water's from living water. Guess what? 
it's from the living water. We have to listen to her. Yeah, I mean, the I, way. I, I, true, I, I think that's how, you I know. I think it's kind of a motherly thing. I think that's how uh, Bowdoin becomes a thing. Maybe. Is little Bowdoin. Bowdoin. <laughs> I think that's how Bowdoin becomes a thing. Uh, Bo-Katan follows the way the Mandalore. Uh, re- kind of reclaims the clans. And I think uh, Din just kind of goes, oh, my heart. Maybe. And there we he, go. Because he did start and to then, fall and for then the helmet's on. He did start to fall for that lady back on that uh that one planet and or then, moon. And then helmets stay on. I think helmets stay on. Helmets stay At on. At that point, helmets have to. Of course. Maybe the helmets come off just because they're like the leaders. Fuck it. Ah, uh, nah. Helmets stay on. <laughs> helmets stay on or sex. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, said, I don't mind. I wouldn't care if that's what it went to. Like I know there's people like I was seeing people on Twitter. I mean, all there's week. there's definitely like a tension there. Oh, absolutely. There, yeah. And it's also like I think Bo has a, a lot of care for Grogu as well because when Grogu shows up at her palace last episode, she's like without hesitation, she's like goes to run and like make sure Din's okay and yeah, know, I mean, and, and to give a father to Grogu, like I think there's a love there too. I mean, Bo has saved his life twice now. Yep, you know, and uh, honestly, Bo has no reason to do so because and she, well, the first time she asked for, she was like, "Well, now you owe me." You know, and then he repaid it. But now she didn't have to do this one. At well, all. no, she saved him once by getting away from the creepy robot. First save. Yeah. Second save was pulling him out of the water. Oh, Second you're talking about this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's twice in one episode she saved his life with, when she had real no reason to do so. Yeah. Um. If anything, she has animosity towards him she for just not only let him like die and take the dark saber because of the dark saber. What happened with Moff Gideon? Yep. You know, so obviously. He's she's not completely happy with him, but she did it for a reason. So makes you live this think makes you think there's an interest there. Obviously Din's just thinking about, you know, him and Grogu right now, but I, I guess I think with her following the way of the Mandalore, I think we see some Bowden going on. Yeah, she was also really sketchy in the beginning of this episode. Like like she she seemed like she was hiding something when she was like, Oh hey, do you did you see anything? And he's like, No, there was nothing down there. And then she was like Huh, okay. And he's like, why? And she's like, never mind, and just walks away. Um, so like why does she I think maybe she does secretly want to become part of the way, but doesn't want to like tell him. Like has too much pride almost to tell him. Yeah, because she's been living the way her clan has lived for, <laughs> for a while now. Yeah. You know, so And um, I think it kind you, of failed. Yeah, why would you expect her to go any other way? Yeah. At this point. But I think her being accepted into another clan and the the joy it probably brings Din, I think she sticks with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was at the end of the episode there, that was a little shocking. I was like, okay, like I wasn't I was expecting them to be like, You're redeemed, but like we're not gonna like you're not part of this clan. Like, you know, you're the reason the planet fell. But the armor surprises us and lets her in and you know, she's part of the way of Mandalore now. This is the way. This is the way. Uh, and speaking of this being the way, we are going to head on our way to a commercial break, and we'll be right back with you guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back from our commercial break. And before we hop right back into our episode, I just want to talk about one more quick or two more quick little things. Um, number one, if you guys have not yet, go ahead and check out our unofficial snack sponsor, uh, Crunchies. They are our favorite chips to eat here during the pod, as well as in the pre-show when we're watching episodes. So go ahead and check them out, Eat Crunchies, or you can find them on Instagram, Eat Crunchies. And uh, yeah. Another thing we have to talk about, though, 
is we also got an updated logo. So if you guys want to check it out, all of our profile pictures have been updated all over on Twitter, on Instagram, as well as here on our Spotify for Podcasters uh, account. And it should update shortly on Apple Podcasts and the rest of them as well. We also are going to be having new design. The new design is going to be available for purchase on clothing items. If you would like to go get that, you can check that out in the links uh, or on our Twitter or Instagram as well. But, dude, let's fall back into the episode here. Yeah, I mean, so we had a, some awkward sexual tension between Din and Bo. And I want to talk about the other sexual tension Seriously, in the episode man, uh, between our friendly communicate and former friendly former empire communications officer mm-hmm. and our friendly former empire scientist yeah man who tried to murder grogu pershing man yeah um, Do- dr pen pershing so we get introduced in and the Ms. middle Aliyah of uh, Kane. we get introduced to kind of like a, a speech going on in like a theater the doctor is kind of just delivering his speech and it, it we didn't understand how we got there because he, he was never captured. Yeah, I definitely thought he they, they killed him. I thought he was dead. So did I. In the first season. Guess not. Um, I'm like, oh, maybe they're just like showing a hologram of like something he did do. And then they're like, nope. He's, he's actu- there on the stage. He's, he's actually there. Crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my, my boy is just, you know, delivering a speech. And he's wearing like a like an empire looking logo with an empire kind of looking uniform on. Definitely an empire looking uniform. Uh, find out he's a being he's a rehabilitated empire scientist. He's in the amnesty. He, yeah, the program. amnesty program where they try to turn these former empire guys into um, productive members of the new republic. <laughs> um, while I agree, great program. Um, obviously, not great results. Um, yeah. No. So he, here he is, you know, he, he really wants help the New Republic, This our scientist. He really wants to make a difference. But unfortunately, my man is corrupted by the dark side. Yeah, um, he's corrupted by love, as actually was corrupted by, but... I would say, I'll call it lust. It's uh, definitely Because obviously it was, uh, it was, yeah, well, love, you know, love is both ways. Lust is one way. Yeah. And we find out later this episode that it was, in fact, lust well, and not love. it appeared to be love at first. It did. It did. However. <laughs> the uh, the teeth of a woman do cut deep. Yes, they do, my friend. Yes, they do. Um, so they go on this little journey. Basically, he meets all of his friends in the Amnesty program. and uh, They're drinking, having a good time, talking about their tales of the Empire. and Things they miss. Speak, and uh, my our good doctor misses these apparently... God awful travel Crackers, biscuits yeah. or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, they're, tr- they're called travel biscuits. Yeah, my man is uh, tucked away in his like, f- like two thousand dollar a month apartment. Dude, by the way, is... that they're giving away oh for my free. God, dude, literally, it was man. bougie. It was you live there. It was a bedroom. There was like a TV, a bathroom. There was plenty of. It was they have counseling. Yeah, from I mean a robot, that's fantastic. But... <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I'll take any kind of counseling at this point. <laughs> oh, but man. um, so this place to live in is quite nice. Um, the one girl he meets that uh, they used to exchange some pleasantries, uh, spending time with Mo- Moff Gideon on the ship. Yeah, they both worked on Moff Gideon's uh, crew. He recognized her right away. He kind of immediately gets like bad vibes. He's like, mm, He's I don't like, know oh, about this one. Chief. I didn't think I would see anybody from this ship. Yeah, which we find out soon. We we know why. Yep. Um, but our boy, you know, he's laying in his bed. Knock on the door. Whole crate of biscuits. 
Whole crate. Whole crate. Big ass crate. Um, Full of these Biscoff biscuits. And then our friend, what was her name? Alia Kane. Alia Kane. Alia Kane starts whispering sweet nothings into our Dr. Perkins' ear, saying, "We should start your research again. Mm-hmm. It'll make a difference for the New Republic. We yeah. want to do these things." You say it was so good. Maybe you should try it. It'll again. be it'll be so helpful. We were close to a breakthrough. And they do this on yeah. a night out eating popsicles. Yes. Glowing popsicles. Yeah, like a little date. A little date, a little date night action. Or at least he thought it was a date. A date through the town with glowing popsicles. And a rock. And a rock. <laughs> um But it was it was interesting. So eventually, um, after he goes to a couple counseling sessions, you know, our girl convinces uh, Dr. Perkins to go out and steal this mobile research lab. Uh-huh. Go out and, you know, because it's just going to be scrap anyway. Yep. So they sneak out. They get on a train. Cool little train hopping sequence. Something you know, kind of get the energy flowing a little just bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, and then they jump off the train. Cool shit, by the way. I was fa- love that. Cool, but a little. I don't know. A little, they little, landed on a soft spot, I guess. We'll yeah, of course. That. You know, they they held hands and oh, you're they, like, oh, they, the they love. Sh- they shared a smiling embrace. And they were laughing, yeah. And then they walk up to, again, just one of my coolest things in Star Wars of all time. They walk up to a docked, partially docked, deconstructed Star Destroyer uh-huh. in all of its haunted, spooky glory. That's awesome. We've never yet seen a docked Star Destroyer, at least at the ground level. Yeah. No. And we got to see them in real time, you know, walking up to this thing. And it looks yeah. sick. Um, I was kind of worried when they first showed the Star Destroyer, like, they're not going to do justice to the size of it. Because in Fallen Order, they do incredible job showing justice to the size of the Republic ships when the Empire starts breaking down the Republic ships in the same way that the Empire does here, or that the New Republic does here with the Empire ships. Um, and so when you're doing that mission, that first mission in, in Fallen Order, when you're jumping through the uh, cruisers, fucking awesome mission. I love that mission. It shows how big it is. It takes you forever to get through the whole thing. Um, so I was just hoping that here they, they did it justice and then... As they're walking up, you realize they did it right. This shit looks enormous compared to them. Oh, it's, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it gave us like haunted house kind of vibes. It like, did. like you shouldn't be here. Yep. You know, like, like there's something lurking. And you're not like, expecting anything, but. Um, but they get they squeak through. They find some creepy looking bugs. Very creepy looking bugs. Very creepy looking bugs. They find the looking like ones lab. I just saw in the most recent episode of the Bad Batch. Actually. Still creepy. Yeah. So they get to the mobile research lab. He's gathering the things he needs. Um, she kind of freaks out. like freaks out. She's like, "Oh, I hear something." Yeah, there was a noise in the background. Yeah, and then they dip out, and they realize they're being stalked. So they start running. They make it out of the ship <laughs> with the flashlights still on. Yeah, they, I mean, really like, trying to you're be sprinting out here. in the dark with flashlights just like all over the place. Like, what? They turn it the fuck off. Looks like a whole ass lightsaber. Right. Like, turn it off, man. And the next thing you know, spotlight comes down. You're like, oh no, they got caught. Yep. Not they. Yep, not he. they. He got <laughs> he caught. He got caught. And uh, uh, she lured him out. And, and they say, uh, L, uh, Dr. Pershing, uh, L-52, you were under arrest. Yep. They never give her designation. And uh, for good reason, because she ends up looking at him and says, kind of gives that I'm sorry look. But at the same time, it was kind of like a, you this fucked was up. Ne- this was necessary. Yeah. So she picks up the case, walks away, and he gets this re- rehabilitation treatment where they soothe his mind. With low-energy beams from a... It's it's the same machine as a mind flare, but it's a... 
they use low energy beams instead of the high energy beams. Yeah, uh, they're trying to make you and, happy and, and little images. Yeah, just to make on you feel screen. good. And <laughs> you know, she gets all sentimental with the doctor overseeing it. She's like, "I know him personally. I just want to stay and make sure he's okay." Yep. Guy goes, "Oh, he's so sweet." Sure. She he he walks out of the room. She cranks this thing to ninety nine. And fucking fries this guy's brain most likely. This, this guy's brain. We won't is know till next episode. Mush. But he's gonna be mush probably. Hundred percent mush. Yeah. Um, what are your theories as to why she convinced him to steal this stuff and why she brain like melded his brain? I think she Go. convinced him to steal it. Number one, because she didn't know what they needed, but she's trying to follow through on the Empire's plan. And they could do that. They have probably have another doctor somewhere, but. She needed to know what equipment that they needed. And so she needed him to find the correct equipment to get them the right stuff. She's then going to take that and take it to wherever she does. And then um, she will you know, turn on him. And But I think what's really going to happen here is maybe his brain isn't mush. Maybe he turns mad scientist and, you know, instead of being the calm and rational pen pershing and we know he becomes the mad scientist who is hell bent on finishing his cloning research um, well it seems as if majority of that research is already done um, yeah he just needs to finish it apparently it's just you need a, a single strand of dna mm-hmm. um, to re- fully replicate uh, a full person and you can according to that um and you know what and he was saying that you can even make kids clone kids with uh parents dna you can basically take the best parts of both people and put them together to make one uh perfect person a utopian idea here from the new republic definitely a super cool idea um but wh- who who wait who in the sequel trilogy cloned themselves to come back to life oh wait oh, oh, it was that um who is it damn it slipped my mind oh shit what do you know oh that's right Oh. Emperor Palpatine. Wow. wow. Oh, brain blast. <laughs> um, oh, man. So we all know why his man was doing this research. Yeah. Uh, Emperor Palpatine organized it back early in the early days of the Empire um, in order to keep himself alive for a thousand-year, million-year empire. He wanted to be alive forever, basically. <laughs> um, so we all know this is a direct derivative from Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And somehow, some way, this man's research is what causes Palpatine to be alive at the end of episode nine. Uh, most likely, yes. Yes. That's so, how it's shaping uh, up to be. At the end of the day, everything goes back to Palpatine. Feels bad. Yeah, it does feel bad because uh, the, the Star Wars universe is not about Palpatine. It was originally about the Skywalkers. And... We were hoping that that the Mandalorian, while it does give us the you know the Grogu, Mando, and Mandalorian storylines, you know it sucks that it's a, at the end it's it's to branch to the sequels that were not very lo- well liked. Now maybe when we watch the entirety of the saga, and instead of just going from and like watch six and then Mandalorian and then the sequels, maybe now the somehow Palpatine return thing isn't as heinous. You know, in five years, once the Mandalorian has wrapped up and it's all said and done, but that's y- the you hope. Would, you would but... need like supporting like other shows, though. Like, yeah, the Mandalorian's not going to bring the enough. Ahsoka show's to... going to have to, and like, yeah, the Mandalorian show's not going to bring enough to the table to be like, okay, we have enough storyline to make Palpatine resurrection make sense. Yeah, I think that they're going like, to have to do like a Ren show 
with Kylo yeah, Ren. I think there's like there's good t- not that Adam Driver would probably probably he probably role, would not no. But um, even though he was a great Kylo Ren, he was so good. He was such a good. He was such a character. bright spot. He was a bright spot in the sequels. Yeah, and 100%. I wouldn't even say just like as Kylo Ren. But I think he, he even played a good Ben Solo. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think he played a better Ben Solo than he did a Kylo Ren because, like, no, he's no, good no, as no, a no. bad guy. A- but episode he would be... seven, Kylo Ren was ridiculous. Oh yeah, seven Kylo Ren was awesome. Eight and nine, Kylo Ren was just kind of like yeah, but his Ben actually, was so good. In those. Actually, I lied. Episode nine, Kylo Ren was still also kind of nutty, even though somehow he lost that lightsaber duel to Ray. I still don't know how he lost that, but yeah, she fucked him up, hit him with a gut stab, and then uh, it was like, I'm just gonna force you. And then episode eight. Episode eight, that one scene in the throne room was ridiculous. But I have my my gripes with that scene. But I have we'll get over it. that. I have gripes with it too. But it was still like prime Kylo Ren. It, it was it was some good Kylo Ren. I liked it. Um, but and then the hangar bay, you know, all that stuff. They, they should have kept his helmet on. He just starts pushing her off the fucking edge. <laughs> uh, just 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 keep his helmet on. Yeah, the whole I, time. Why why you take it off? This is the way. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if they were to to build to that storyline of like a Palpatine, like being the guy, you have to, like you said, do more shows. So Mandalorian has to be about that. Ahsoka has to have a side story that builds to that, and then you need to do like a third show. Maybe it's a Ren show. Maybe it's a Snoke. Maybe it's a, um, I don't know, any million other fucking things you can think about. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely think we're building towards maybe a how Palpatines show. come to life. I think um, our our Empire spy here, who has now collected all this information, is going to either give it in turn to one of Moff Gideon's associates, give it to Thrall, or um, take it to Corgal, I mean, Exegol herself. Yeah. Um, we don't know. Uh, we all know, eventually, we do know that this research ends up being the reason why Palpatine's alive. Yeah, it definitely so, is. Um, it's important. It's just a matter of how it gets there, and... Because at this uh, point, we we have to realize that what they're building right now is reaffirming the sequel trilogy. They're not going to retcon it, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think so. as a Star Wars fan base, like as much as we want to say, like, and and we can sit here and we can theorize because God knows we can come up with a million great theories about what could happen if they retconned it. We just kind of have to accept the fact that they're not going to and find a way to be okay with it and fit, you know, and and. How can you work good stories out of what we have? Because you you can find good stories. I I, I think I have a great one in my head right now. Like I, said, I think, kind of like we loved four, five, and six. We loved one, two, and three. Well, yeah. one, two, and three grew on us. I oh, mean, wow. I as a kid, I loved one, two, and three. I, I, I loved them as I've always um, loved them. But, but the I'm older crowd didn't like one, two, and three at first. It kind of grew on them over the years went on. Because once the sequels came out, they went, "Oh, this is actually really good." Um, <laughs> and I, I think for us, it's going to be as more shows come out that builds more story into the sequels, we'll understand them better. I'll have, I will forever hate episode eight though. Yeah, uh, no, that I don't think there's any saving that movie. No. It's I mean, really it's really like, just like, not that good. There's my, my rankings for star Wars movies are this episode five, mm-hmm. episode three, episode six, one, two, four, five, six, seven, nine, 40 layers of crap. And then eight. The molten core of Earth. Then nine. Then a, a couple more layers of bullshit. <laughs> and then eight. And then eight. Um, I yeah. would literally rank any of the other Star Wars films. I would rank... Shit, I'd even rank Solo. Oh, I do. Above. I don't mind Solo at all. I thought it was terrible. I, everyone says that I don't, I don't they, have a... They needed to expand upon that. They do. I think because you could easily... One, you introduced Maul into that, which is awesome. Yo. You introduced the, the, the Syndicate, again... 
awesome, like yeah, in live no. action. Dude, so, I think that the Syndicate could definitely pop. Like, if they could easily have Syndicate pop up in Mandalorian in some way, or any of that shit. Like, you could easily tie all this in and just bring it all full circle, man. Please, please, or, or bring it into like. Maybe we get a solo show between the sequel. I mean, obviously, Harrison Ford will never come back. We hate that. But, you know, maybe we find a way to have solo between six and seven. How did he lose the Falcon? How did this and this happen? All these things. And maybe the syndicate's involved in that. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Harrison's retiring from acting. But we are uh... getting the Lando show, so that could give us some. Maybe. It's a shame Harrison's retiring after um, Indiana. Indiana Jones comes out. It's a yeah. shame. But, yeah. I mean, the guy's had a hell of a career. Hell you know of mean? a career. Indiana Jones, Star Wars, a um, couple other roles where he was supporting actor. Um, I mean, the guy is just great. He's great at what, he's great at what he does. He was a carpenter well, for... There'll never be another Han Solo. There will never be another Han Solo, no. And uh, never be another Leia. Rip. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Um, and Luke, you know, he's he's going down the downward spiral too, um, with his health. Which yeah, is unfortunate. I mean, Mark so. Hamill is a is an old man. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully that the... it's just it's a shame the way he shot it. <laughs> she didn't shoot it the way he shot it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> she shot it normally. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, we could have had so much greatness. We could have, but I mean, it makes sense why he shot it the way he did. I mean. You build that suspense, like, and that's why I'm such a fan of like watching it in the like machete order, because if you don't watch four and five first, that entire reveal at the end of five is completely useless. So you need to watch four five, stop after five, go back and watch how how did this guy, who was his father, who was a Jedi, who was Obi Wan's Padawan, how did he become Vader? So now you have to watch one, two, and three. Maybe you dabble in Clone Wars and Rebels a little bit. I mean, I and then just... you bring it back and you finish off with one of the, one of the the, I mean, the best final, you know, movie to a trilogy with Episode Six. Other than maybe Episode Three, but Episode Three is a great end of the trilogy. I think Six and Three for me are on that same level. Like they were the two that when I grew up, I just had them on like a pedestal because like Six was the first one I ever saw, at home. And then three was the first one I ever, I like actually remember. I couldn't tell seeing. you what I remember seeing first. I'm pretty sure it was a New Hope. I think my dad maybe watched a New Hope. Probably watched it on VHS and shit. Yeah, and then, um, eventually, like I just became a Vader simp. So. Yeah, dude, you, you watch Empire, you're like, oh yeah, I love this guy. Yeah, <laughs> we just disregard what we did in Episode Three. <laughs> yeah, so we we skipped that part. Episode three, like it's just so good, dude. Like everything mm-hmm. about it. It sucks that he cut some of the scenes he cut, though. Like the scene where Obi Wan's like, "I know you have, I know you're carrying his child, but you know it's okay. You know, I've known forever, that. but I'm gonna let it go. I've always let that it go." Should have been in the movie. Should have been, dude. It's like it's one a of the tragedy. It's like honestly. one of the best deleted scenes in like cinema that would have that would have contributed to the story, not just like a cool add on, like. It would have been so impactful in the story, looking back. Maybe, I mean, listen, George is known, or George was known, to retcon a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> Maybe Disney says, yeah, you know what, we're going to do a special release and make it part of canon. That would be sick. Um, But yeah, I mean, dude, this episode, I think it was overall, I think it was a pretty good episode. Obviously, you know, that middle part, if you're not, if you were expecting, you know, Din Djarin action, you didn't really get a ton of it. You got a really good bit of it in the beginning. 
and then you know a nice tense section at the end, which ended with a very um nice ending. Uh, and then the middle piece obviously was a little different than what we're used to seeing, but it tapped in kind of that Andor feeling a little bit, where it was like we're gonna build a slow story instead, and you know kind of build it on the side because now. Is this was this just like a one-off? Are we never gonna see uh, Alia again? Probably not. We're probably gonna see them again. We're probably gonna see Penn again. Yeah, I think we will. Um, I think we're gonna get. It wouldn't be introduced if it wasn't important. Exactly. That's um, how I feel. Regardless of whether or not it's for Palpatine or not, if they showed him in this se- this season, they're gonna pop up later this season. Yeah, that's usually kind of how I think it goes. So, yeah. So unless they get immediately killed, which they didn't, well. Well, one might have. One we don't might know have. Yet. Yeah, we we don't. Interesting know to see what they do with that with with him. I don't like, know. All of a sudden, his brain just blew up. Crazy. Yeah, you could like, oh, he's mush now, or you can make him like now he's fucking crazy, or mm. maybe he's the same. Maybe he just fucking comes out normal. Maybe it didn't work. <laughs> uh, he, maybe he's he, on this revenge path. I don't know. He looked like he was not having a good time. Maybe so. he's on a revenge path now, dude. Maybe he's like, I'm we'll gonna see. kill this bitch. Offer. But I agree with your view. I think it was a great episode. Some good action. Some good storytelling. It was a good mix for um, me. Good um, overall building of the story for all Star Wars content. Yeah. Um, for the obviously the cloning piece. I was hoping for that connection for Cyril so bad. You were begging for that, dude. Because why. like he's it, he, he's gonna die in Andor. I know, but like it would have been a good it would have been a good connection. Like yeah. he would have been old. Yeah, probably, definitely. Not really. Well, he was like probably like twenty five or thirty in Andor. This is like eh, ten years after. Okay, so he's forty. Yeah, it would have been like forty. So he would been older than what we've seen him. So you had done some work to make him look older, but not that just much. Give him white hair. Fuck it. White my, hair. My dad wrinkle. looked like the same age from forty to sixty. Okay, <laughs> so give give him white hair and a little bit of wrinkles and call it a day. I mean, with the special effects nowadays, so easy. True. Um, but it would have been cool, you know, to see that that guy eventually does have a story that drives him to the the good side. So he's not always a villain. That would have been cool to see. And then in Andor, you know, now you give him a story in Andor. Like, how did he get here? Because right now he's not there. It would oh, be yeah. cool to see in the next two seasons or whatever season of Andor it builds there. But I don't regardless, know, I, of I that, think I think once Cyril truly finds the Empire, he's never like he's never yeah he's, yeah he's he's not he's not going to be want to be rehabilitated. He's going to want to take a blaster and yeah. finish it. Oh, he's kind of a wuss though. He's kind of a wuss. Like something might change him. Deidre might have changed him. Maybe Deidre. Yeah, maybe maybe him and Deidre. Speaking of love stories, do they? I can't, speaking they, of awkward love wait, stories, did they kiss? I can't remember. They did not kiss. Okay, thank God. I couldn't remember. For they a were second. about to, and then they were like, mm, "Cut." They cut to the next scene. I was like, "Thank God." I, I, I guarantee that. they filmed that, that that scene, and they were like, "No, it doesn't work." They're like, "They're like, what are we doing here?" All right, cut the cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Put the lotion away. Right. Stop this. <laughs> Stop this. Oh, shit. Close the browser. <laughs> now, Bowen Din. <laughs> yeah, Bowen. Helmets stay on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, guys, I mean, let, let us know your thoughts on the episode down in the, uh, the polls and the questions down below. Did you enjoy this episode of our podcast? And uh, if you did and you want to see more of our content, go ahead. We do now have a YouTube page where we're uploading all of these. Uh, so if it's a little more accessible for you to watch it there, go ahead and do that. Um, we also you can go ahead and check us out on Twitter and Instagram, AE Podcast. Check out our merchandise page over. Uh, I don't even remember what the the link is, but it's linked somewhere on any of our socials. I'm sure you can find it. Um, check out the new stuff we got, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode. Any final thoughts, my friend? Uh, I got nothing, man. All right, well, let's bring it home. 
Uh, I hope you all have a great day. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in to the A&E Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. This is the way.